0: Today's read: Midnight, a gangster love story, by Sister Soja, chapter sixty. Grinding. I knew we had to keep on pushing, because now, financially, we were next to broke. We still had the minimum one hundred dollars in the bank to keep Uma's account open and active, and I still had most of my personal savings. But when you're used to having money, even money that you bank and don't touch, there is a terror that comes when you're down to having none. I'd seen other people walk, sit, and stand with their pockets flat, worrying but not working and not planning to work. I'd seen enough teens who sat and waited for their parents to toss them a crumb for good or bad behavior. I couldn't do it like that. I couldn't live that way. Uma and I still had our jobs and the income we earned. And our attendance, our work, and our reputations were unmatched. Through Uma Designs, we would have to stay grinding to replenish our treasure chest. I reminded myself to be positive because it was no small thing that now we owned a home. I had my eye on that league money now like never before. Vega gave me credit I practice every day for the business approach I took toward my game. And of course, because of the way my skills, he said, made him look good. On Thursday night, when I met up with my wife at the museum, she had three copies of the Museum of Modern Art program for her art show. It was a fancy pamphlet printed on expensive paper. A big deal, as her cousin pointed out. I carried her shopping bags. At our Brooklyn apartment in our bedroom, she opened one of her boxes, peeled back several layers of rice paper, and revealed a beautiful white kimono made of 100% silk. Instead of embroidery, Akemi used a jet black marker and drew the New York City skyline on the bottom part of the kimono. The images were delicate and intricate and accurate. I imagined that she had seen the skyline from the Empire State Building or from the distance in Edgewater, New Jersey, where you can stand right at the Hudson River and look across at the sparkling skyline. She used some type of dye or watercolor to create the brown and gray buildings as well as the colorful skies with the setting sun descending from over New York City. The sleeves were a wicked cut widened at the wrists. As she draped it over herself and extended her arms, I could see the intricate designs she had drawn. It was awesome to me. Uma would have done the borders with a needle and thread and made it more than exquisite. But Akimi used a marker and paintbrush and made it incredible also. I called Uma and Naja in to take a look. Uma walked a circle around Akimi. She touched her shoulders and spun Akimi around so that the back of the kimono was now facing me. I could now see how she had painted the rising sun of Japan on the back. I looked at it all once again and put it together in my mind. In front of her was New York City. Behind her, was Japan. On her sleeves were the blue waves of the ocean. With her lovely hand-drawn and hand-printed, hand-painted kimono, Akimi had achieved the impossible. She had impressed Uma with designs that Uma had not thought of herself. mother lifted the garment off of Akimi and laid it across the bed to get a full view. She stood staring. I knew what she was doing. Probably her mind was flashing a million different patterns and designs of kimonos she could create. Her mind just worked that way naturally. Probably she had already concocted an idea of a kimono she could design and sew from scratch as a gift to a Her heart worked like that naturally. I want to make something too, Naja said, speaking in Arabic. You guys are just too good. I'll never catch up. Uma hugged her, and I did too, and Akimi joined in also. You will learn, Uma promised Naja. We enjoyed a late night meal made of Uma's pre prepared foods. The seasoning soaked in and blended so well. It was better than freshly cooked. After Friday night's ball practice, I threw water on my face and hands with a bit of soap, rinsed off, jumped in my jeans and a fresh white tee, and draped a dress shirt over my shoulder. I bounced to meet Akimi on the east side of Midtown Manhattan where she was wrapping up a dinner along with the other teen artists being featured at the MoMA tomorrow. I didn't know what to expect. Whatever it was, I just wanted my girl with me. We'd race back to Brooklyn, make prayer, eat, and jump into bed. I needed at least 10 hours of rest for the killer schedule I had been keeping this week and to have the endurance I wanted at the big Brownsville game tomorrow. Akemi needed to rest up for her show also. She had been working and pushing herself hard. They had been working her like crazy, too. When I arrived at the place, the man at the front door asked me to put my dress shirt all the way on, so I did. I weaved in and around the tables. The teen artists and some business people and chaperones were in a reserved section, about 22 of them. I could tell they had already eaten. A couple of them were sharing desserts. Many of them had broken up into cliques and were conversating. Akimi jumped up as soon as she saw me, I walked toward her. She maneuvered toward me. As soon as we reached each other, we were holding hands. I pulled her a bit closer and turned to leave out the door. As we were walking, a woman from the VIP area followed us. She began clearing her throat loudly enough to catch my attention. If I ask who you are, she said in her high-pitched voice tone. I introduced myself. She introduced herself. I'm Linda from the museum. You are, she asked again after I had already told her my name. Akimi's husband, I clarified. She laughed. (laughs) "'I know that cannot be true. "'I know for a fact that Akimi Nakamura is only 16, "'but I can certainly understand "'why any young man would admire her. "'She is quite lovely,' Linda said, pausing for my reaction. "'Akimi leaned in against me affectionately "'while I looked down on this woman.' Who was at least a foot shorter than myself. I could see that she was nosy and intimidated but she was more nosy than intimidated. Well, I see you certainly are lucky. She seems to admire you too. Good night I told Linda and we left. Akimi never looked back. In the warm train seats, Akimi laid her head against me half asleep. I thought about how Americans take young love and young family for a joke. I wondered if they thought Akimi and I would be better people if we just made love and used a condom and didn't do anything crazy like get married. Or maybe they would have found us more acceptable if we just had sex without a condom and aborted the babies each time they popped up. Or maybe we would be considered more rational if we both had sex with random people for recreation instead of getting too serious at a young age. I was really understanding Uma's rage with Americans on this topic. Back in Little Sudan in Brooklyn, we had showers, family prayer, and soup and salad. We kept it light. Behind my closed door in my overheated bedroom, I could still see the light blue summer night sky. With my window open, I could hear music streaming in. I lay on my single bed beneath a cool sheet with my wife. I felt her little hand stroking my body lovingly. She began combing through my nappy pubic hairs with her fingertips. Coach said sex would drain us. To be top-notch, we needed to leave the females alone until after the game. But she crawled on top of me nude, her hair brushing on my shoulders, her breasts brushing against my chest, her lips moving on my mouth, begging to taste my tongue. I couldn't fucking resist her. I just didn't want to and what better way to be rocked into a good deep sleep than this.